Welcome to the Burn Bag. My name is Ryan Rosenthal here at the Reagan National Defense Forum. I am thrilled to be joined by Joe Lorienti of Ursa Major. Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you take the time to explain what it is you guys do because I have no idea what a hypersonic rocket is or propulsion. And so please let us know for everyone listening what it is that Ursa Major does. Thanks. We design, build, and deploy rocket engines propulsion systems for, like you said, space launch hypersonics. And what that means is we power vehicles that do really important things. So we power rockets that bring satellites to orbit. We power upper stages of rockets that take satellites from low Earth orbit outside of more debris-laden orbits. Uh, and we power systems like Stratolaunch's Talon hypersonic testbed that fly reusable hypersonic missions to develop technologies that will be used over the next few decades. So how did this come to be? I mean, I imagine that propulsion has all come out of NASA and government, and how did a private organization such as yours come to develop, like, rockets? Oh, how much time do we have? Uh, so it, historically, if you look back to the, the space race of the 1960s, you're exactly right. Everything was government, really top-down driven. We, we had one mission, it was get to the moon. So everything on the Saturn V rocket came out of that mission. Things changed pretty quickly post-Cold War where ICBMs were really being retrofit to launch satellites. That's the Atlas rocket that's still flying today is a derivative of an ICBM. Uh, things next, kind of saw their next big leap with SpaceX and Blue Origin. They were companies that privatized, that commercialized space launch, get, get things to orbit, but do it in a commercial manner. So Ursa Major is the, the next obvious step there, where we went from government asking for technologies, those technologies moving into the commercial space, then we went to vertically integrated kind of full stack players like SpaceX. And the analogy I use is SpaceX is like the IBM of this industry. They built the mainframe. They, they had to vertically integrate out of necessity because they aren't taking government technology and modifying it. Um, Ursa Major then is specializing. If, if SpaceX is IBM, we see ourselves as Intel. We are, we are building a very specialized piece of technology, the propulsion, and bringing it to the masses. So I, I want to kind of underscore how important the, the technology you're creating is for our listeners. And so I think maybe talking about use cases, right? How are Ursa Major technologies and propulsion systems being put into the marketplace, being used in the kind of government sector? Yeah. If you look at one of our customers, we have a few customers that are public, uh, public meaning uh, it's on the public record that we're working with them, and we have some that aren't on the public record. But if you look at some of those out there, the engines are the power behind the system. So if you watch a rocket launch, it's it's the piece that creates all the fire. It's the, the piece that's actually propelling the rocket. And because of that, it's a lot of risk and a lot of complexity. So the, the engines are typically the barrier to entry for a new rocket. Uh, if even in the last couple of years, if you look at what SpaceX has been doing with Starship, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of noise about uh, the risk of the Raptor engine program. It's it's hard to bring to production. They're blowing up rocket engines. So by focusing on that propulsion, we take that risk off of the marketplace. We, we get to build one product that fits the needs of a lot of players and uh, ideally have a technical focus that de-risks everyone around us. So with your technologies, if you guys have a very interesting manufacturing process. You guys use 3D printing. How does that, are you guys to scale? I didn't know that 3D printing was to such scale that you'd be printing component parts for propulsion systems. Absolutely. 3D printing is, 3D printing of kind of capable metallic structures is relatively new. We'll say two decades. Yeah. Uh, it's really been, been at the forefront, but uh, it's, it's become much more consistent and much more capable. The there are providers of machines out there. I, I won't name any of them because we, we use a handful, but uh, there are some that have been in production for 10 years and you can go buy these machines and have it shipped to your dock at your factory and stood up and operating within a month. So 
it, it is a very kind of trustworthy and viable manufacturing source. Now, that's a new message, and we have found if we went to a, an aerospace prime, an incumbent company out there, with a perfectly 3D printed piece of hardware, they would be more likely to accept a first article casting that has leaks and weld repairs and cracks in it because they're so used to casting. They're not used to 3D printing. So a lot of what we have had to a lot of what we have had to grow into is not just designing rocket engines to be 3D printed, which is a challenge on its own, but showing that the heritage and the reliability is behind that process. So with the kind of conversation around hypersonics, the importance of competing with China, uh, I think everyone at the Defense Forum is kind of thinking about right, what's the next stage of competition. And I think propulsion systems are an important component of that. And so how do you kind of position yourself as the founder and CEO of Ursa Major, which is becoming an increasingly important player in this fight for hypersonic supremacy? Right, where do you guys fit in and what is your conversations like with the public sector in trying to achieve some level of competition. So we are really uniquely positioned in that we're going to be flying next year on the first ever private hypersonic test bed. So uh, if you wanted to go see a hypersonic vehicle today, just about everything's classified or it's in a it's in a warehouse that you don't have access to. But there's a company out there that we're partnered with. I mentioned that Strata Launch. They have a, a facility in a warehouse where they have hypersonic vehicles that were privately funded and privately developed. So it's not classified. This is this is public public hardware. Um, so that's really exciting that the world is about to see a company start flying our engines at hypersonic speeds in a reusable manner, uh, which again has never been done. So uh, we're, we're really excited to be pushing what the U.S. industry can do. And the intent there is to advance the entire industrial base around us, build more capable high temperature composites or more capable communications means for, for hypersonics. But I, I think really what, what it comes down to for developing uh, an asymmetric edge over an adversary like China is we have to be designing, building, blowing up, testing, and flying way more than they are. And right now that's not the case. They are building and flying more than we are. So uh, the next few years are going to be really important for the U.S. to demonstrate that we can not just field a hypersonic system, but develop more capable technology and do it over and over again. And with that, you guys need to have more locations. And so you're, of course, based in the wonderful Denver, Colorado, with other manufacturing hubs. And so what is your commitment looking towards the manufacturing component of Ursa Major? Are you guys targeting new places to open up your different you know, 3D printing hubs, manufacturing, software-based? We are, yeah. We we have really a one-of-a-kind facility in the world at our current Denver facility, and that's uh, it's about 30 minutes north of Denver. But it's we design, build, hand assemble, and then fire engines every single day. Uh, there's nowhere else in the world like that. If, if you looked at a rocket company out here on the West Coast, they're likely testing their engines in Texas and then flying them out of Florida. So... Um, one, it's it's problematic because you have to run a logistics business while running a rocket business, but uh, it, it's really an enabler for us to have our engineers sitting 100 yards from where the engines are tested. They can they can look at the hardware, they can gain feedback right away if there's a problem on the engine. So as we look to grow, we look to replicate kind of that, that focus and that specialization. So we, we have another facility, a small facility in Youngstown, Ohio, that's been fantastic for manufacturing. We, we treat it kind of like a center of excellence. We yeah. We develop new metallic alloys there. We do really novel 3D printing capabilities. So um, that's that's a great standalone facility. And if we look beyond that, we're certainly going to see the need to drop new centers of excellence. And maybe it'll be product focus. Um, maybe 
maybe a larger engine or a more reusable engine where we need the ability to test it much more aggressively than we could in Colorado, or maybe it's just mass production, but we're certainly going to see expansion. So Joe, one last question before I let you go today. What are you most excited about with Ursa Major's development and success? And one other thing is, you know, you were at RNDF, we're in Simi Valley, California. You have the, the highest level of the highs with the defense industry and the military. What is most exciting to you being here at RNDF? For Ursa, I'm, I'm most excited about this next kind of year or so of demonstrating what we've been working towards so hard in our business plan. And that's that we're going to be flying on three different platforms in the next year. No rocket engine can say that. So um, we're going to be deploying our engines and flying in more missions than anything else in history. And that's, that's really exciting. Uh, for R&DF, what am I, you know, what really excites me is hearing kind of unadulterated the, the voices of all of the, the decision makers, whether it's policymakers, uh, the executives at aerospace and defense companies or DOD officials, but everyone's pretty aligned. It's yeah. pretty interesting. And I, I don't think anyone is shying away from, how can the U.S. support Ukraine? How do we look at the next 10 years of, of uh, competition with China? And uh, what are the are other areas of this uh, of the state of the world today that the U.S. needs to focus on a bit more? And so it's it's been a really exciting conference. Well, Joe Laurenti from Ursa Major, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.